Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of two pros in a couple Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. The Super Bowl is set. We get a rematch of the last Super Bowl that was a couple of months before everything shut down because of COVID. Mm. We got the Niners, we got the Chiefs, and the damn Kansas City Chiefs just continue to do it again. Jeez. Just continue incredible, to do man. it again. It's incredible. And, and, and I feel like, too, from watching them, I thought Baltimore going into this weekend was going to be the best team. Home field advantage, the MVP in, in Lamar Jackson – and Kansas City clearly was the best. They controlled that game start to finish. And, and you know, Lamar had his moments where he kind of flashed. But I, I even think this was a weekend where Patrick Mahomes separates himself from just the rest of the field of quarterbacks. He, he is just that much better than everyone else. And the thing that stands out to me that I feel like he mimics from what Tom Brady used to, used to be so good at was – you know, sometimes everyone feels like the quarterback has to make the big play, but it's almost sometimes too just making the right play and not making the big mistake or not forcing something. And it seems like more often than not, Patrick Mahomes, he makes the plays when they're there, but he also doesn't force it. He makes a smart decision, the high football IQ play that also keeps his team ahead or in games. He's, he's just super, super impressive, man. The, the run that he's on right now, you'd have to consider them a dynasty. And I, I, I don't know how you watch yesterday's game and what he's done this year with this team and not go, yeah, he's, he's already going to be up there as, as one of the greatest of all time. And he, we just started his career. It's, it's truly remarkable. I just got to go with saying that if there is not a healthy amount of props and love shown to Steve Spagnola and that defense, I don't I'm just not I'm just not in the right mindset of what football is because let me tell you something. The Kansas City Chiefs defense did something that made you say what you said off 
off air, Jonas, it made people scratch their heads where they were sitting and watching the game. He kept Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens off balance and confused for an entire game. He dialed up blitzes. He gambled. He played man coverages. He he gave a couple of the referees a couple of dollars, but that, that's nonetheless. Uh, and I'm I'm joking. I'm joking there. I'm joking. I don't want anybody to take that and run with it. But uh, listen, the way this man has dialed up defenses and the way he has game planned and strategized. Sometimes you you get to a point where you're so inundated with how things are done, where you just say to yourself, you know, do you really need good coaching? Like, is it just about the players? Or is there how much of it really does have to do with the coaches? With the Kansas City Chiefs and their defense and the way that they have played and the way they played yesterday, and I tell you what, it's it's you gotta take your hat off and, and you gotta you gotta give a lot of respect to Spags and, and how he's prepared his defenses and how they have just continued to keep offenses trying to figure out what the hell is going on. That game felt like it was over before halftime. Yeah, just like I mean, there was seven points. I mean, sh- should have sh- well, it was, they're up ten at half. It should have been. There should have been twenty to seven. Mm-hmm. They, they should have taken the three points before. That's that's for another portion of the conversation because clearly you can make those discussion <laughs> points with Detroit too. But here, here's why: like Steve Schmeichel the defense was incredible. The problem why I don't leave with that is because I thought Todd Monken's plan was awful. For mm-hmm. Baltimore, like I, I really thought that was the most disappointing offensive game plan that I've seen from the Baltimore Ravens since they've been back there, and Greg Roman was their offense coordinator. Like at one point, I was like, "What the hell is Todd Munkin doing?" <laughs> now, running the ball. I, I, try, it's not even running the run. ball too. It's it's running the ball and throwing the ball with the personnel groupings that I think will make them most successful. If if LeVar wants to blitz me all day, all right, I'm going to put in my 12 and 13 personnel. I'm going to put in Patrick Ricard there at fullback. Go blitz into that. Go blitz into my 300-pound fullback, and we'll see what happens. You, you can't match up with that personnel. Because if you do try to match up with that big personnel they have, they can spread you out. Because Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely and Charlie Cole and those guys are actually good mismatches in the passing game. And I thought Todd Munkin showcased I, – I don't know if it's a lot of just, um, you know, his comfort of, of wanting to be in 11 personnel sets and wanting to throw. I mean, the, 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 I, I personally didn't think Lamar played very well. I thought he, he seemed razzled at times. And, and, yes, it was from the looks, maybe from some of the pressures. But he was off with his throws, the downfield throws, just missing balls where not even giving guys chances. He hadn't played that way all year. It's a credit to Chiefs defense, but I also feel like Todd Munkin put him in that spot. There was too often times they could have gotten in, in different personnel groupings to change up what the Kansas City Chiefs defense was seeing and throw the football and run the football and pound away. I mean, pound away against the defense that I think if they go that route, it's a lot more physical game, a game that plays to Baltimore strengths. And I don't know where that was. Maybe they didn't feel like Mark Andrews was actually healthy enough to get out there and play a lot of snaps. Because it seemed like when they needed someone on the on the field to be out there at tight end, it was likely. And, and, and they didn't put Andrews out there. They didn't do a lot of the, those uh, different groupings. But I watched at one point between Lamar running and Gus Edwards. Early in the game, there was six yards a pop. Six yards. 
And then I'm like, why did they go back to that? I, I thought the other thing that was showcased was the difference between uh, John Harbaugh's staff and himself and Andy Reid. I thought Andy Reid's coaching staff ran a clinic around Todd Munkin and the rest of the Baltimore Ravens and Mike McDonald as well and, and, the, and how they've looked. I mean, the other side of the conversation is how the hell do you let Travis Kelsey catch that many balls? That is un- – Are you kidding me? Uh, that is unimaginable that you would let him do the – like, first off, why are you always single-coveraging him? One, and well, I know – Here's the thing is, look, look the, the Hamilton single-coverage, like the touchdown, what are you going to do? That's about as good as coverage as you're going to get. There was a lot of single but, coverage on But him. then they got away from it. They didn't single him up that much after that. They played zone. And it was like, well, at least double him, jam him at the line, do something that's, different. Well, that's my point. That's They needed to be bang him up. They needed to, to not let him run so freely. And, and, I mean, the one time that they did, like, they threw an elbow. I think they somebody threw an elbow in his chest or something like that. And it disrupted the play. The linebackers disrupted the play by getting getting there, you know, being physical with them. I, I just – I don't understand how you could – like, how do you let Travis Kelsey be the guy that beats you? I just – that's always going to be a question that I just can't I, – I can't understand how defenses would allow for him to do as much as he does. So I asked LeVar this before the show. Is that one of those games, Brady, where while it's going on – as players, you're looking around, going, "Are we really calling this here? Why aren't we doing this? Like, why? Like, are you are you second guessing? Because that was completely different from what they had done all year uh, in the Baltimore Ravens, and yet you're looking at the end of this thing, and you know Gus Edwards has got three carries. They showed a graphic early on where they said time of possession difference and the splits between the two. It's like, well, it yeah, ten, of course, ten minutes, yeah, almost double the amount of plays in the, in the, yeah. after the first half, second half. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, they're not running the ball. Like they didn't yeah. run the ball at all. And I just wonder, are you are you like having conversations in the locker room or on the sideline, going, dude, what are we doing? What? Why is this happening? And it. It looked like Harbaugh was frustrated as well, too, down the stretch. As, yeah, as look, well, of so. course you're having conversations, but, but the reality is when you, when you think about the game plan that goes into this all week, you know, you're practicing all this stuff all week long. So you know what the game plan is. You just feel like we're not executing it or we, we're trying to make these adjustments. The, the problem is, and, and this is the hard part about if you're the Baltimore Ravens at home, you're down 17, 7 and a half, is when you then are down – and nothing's really working, it, it feels like you can't go back to something that maybe either you didn't practice or prepare for if they didn't if they didn't you know if they didn't think that they should play a bunch of twelve, thirteen personnel to to do that and create some of those mismatches, or to really want to to run the football. Like my, my thing is at halftime, that would have been what I would have gone back to. Go back to saying I'm gonna put in heavy personnel, I'm gonna run the football in a pound away, and I'm gonna try to put together a seventeen minute drive or excuse me, a seven minute drive and see if we can't find a way of creating some big plays off the running game. Because, again, the running game early when they did run it, it was effective. And they created some big plays. Gus had like a – they ran a power play. Gus Edwards ran for 15. And I'm like, oh, they're just going to pound away the rest of the game doing this. Kansas City can't stop them. And they got away from it. Like Baltimore did them a favor. And so I'm sure players are frustrated. And, and they had their moments. I mean, Zay Flowers, that fumble, obviously oh, flipped that game yeah. as well. That game. was tough. It was tough to watch. Yeah. But, again, I mean, there's was, there was too many instances where Lamar Jackson threw three go balls that weren't even in the zip code of the receiver. And you're saying, like, just give him a chance. 
Your, your guy's got to step on him. When, when a DB's in that spot, it's probably going to be pass interference if your guy can can you know slow down a little bit, jump up, make a play on the ball, as opposed to just trying to sprint and not even getting a hand on the football. And that happened countless times. They did it almost in back-to-back plays, too. I mean, the whole thing felt like a poor performance altogether by the Ravens coaching staff. And uh, I just – they got away from playing to their strengths. And obviously Kansas City didn't with what their game plan was. Uh, Lamar Jackson postgame talked about his performance. Also, the Zay Flowers turnover, uh, one of the killers yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens. I felt like if we wouldn't turn the ball over, we definitely would have had a shot. We definitely would have came out with a win. But they did a great job not turning the ball over and putting points on the board. We're going to get it back next time. We're not worried about that. You know, we all make mistakes. Um, this is first season. Um, it's my first time in this situation. It's his first time in this situation. We're going to bounce back. You know, um, nobody played the game perfect. I forget who the player who was for the Ravens that was. It might have been Aguilar who, when the fumble in the end zone occurred, the look on his face, he was looking over at the official to see whether or not it was a touchdown. And even he knew in real time, oh, we're screwed. Like that that was a fumble into the end zone, clear, and Kansas City takes over. Because, again, I'll ask you guys, who was the last team where you couldn't make those mistakes against in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl? It was the Patriots. Yeah. And that's what this that's what this Chiefs team has become. And that's I think that's the thing that's crazy about this Chiefs team is they're built so different. I mean, think about them. Like, remember when Tom Brady won the first three? It was great defense. It was great quarterback play. You know, and, and they would work in ways of running the football too. But it wasn't like highlighted by, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the offense and all that. This version of the Chiefs is not that. It's so much closer to what the, how the Patriots did it. where the, the games are a bit tighter, and it's more about making the right play, making the right decision, or, or not making the bad decision at, the, at a bad time. And ironically enough, again, you have Travis Kelsey, who's a Hall of Fame tight end, kind of like Tom Brady and Gronk. And it's just, it's to me, it's so funny how we we lost what was a, a great dynasty with Tom Brady and the Patriots and Bill Belichick, and yet we've got something kind of similar. And I, I don't know who's going to stop them, honestly. Hey, man. Nobody. <laughs> Off to the Super Bowl, Kansas City goes. <laughs> Time to go to break. I mean, four of the last five years. Time to go to break. Lamar's pick, by the way. Lamar's <laughs> AFC pick. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I definitely had the Ravens. <laughs> oh, you did? I did. What do you mean? You, had, uh, you picked Kansas City before the year. Before the year, you did. I, I did, but yeah. I picked the Ravens to win the game this past week. So, Well, don't even get me started about you, my were, were you at Flock Nation? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I thought they were going to – they, they – <laughs> They paraded people, Ray people out. flocked Ray, around and found out. Ray came out and did the Ray Lewis deal. They they, they, they needed reinforcements, so they, so they went out. They flew T-Sizzle in from somewhere. T-Sizzle wasn't even at the game. We, we need you, T-Sizzle. Wait, what? Yeah. Terrell, they brought the man out at half, uh, what, third quarter, fourth quarter. You would have thought they would have had Ray Lewis and Suggs come out at the same time, but it was almost like Terrell Suggs was in the back like, hey, if we're down in this game, at any point, we got to go to the we got to go to the bullpen. This is what I'm telling you. <laughs> they sent the jet to get him. Go get Terrell Suggs. And he came out. We need they... T Sizzle to come out. We need him to come out at halftime. And they still got knifed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he shows up. It's like, and then Tony Robo and Jim Dance are like, "Oh my God, what a moment! This is an incredible moment." It's like, yeah, it oh, matter. they've responded. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at them. They got off uh, of the field, man. Johnson. <laughs> 
Uh, but uh, they did have a good series when they showed him. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were poised. The <laughs> defense not, played well. I mean, Baltimore's defense played well. Just, uh, just not enough. Just not um, enough. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. Hey, you Uh, know how that game felt to me watching Dan Campbell and how happy he was and the exuberance that he was exuding? 
it was like my last time when I was with TJ Hushmanzada and I was playing um, blackjack with five hundred dollars. I told you guys this story before, right? Yeah, you got up to like thirty k. Literally, that's not an exaggeration. I got up to like thirty thousand dollars and lost it all in like four minutes, five minutes, maybe ten tops. Relatable. Lost the whole thing. I mean, five hundred dollars <laughs> though, cute. Like it's got to be relatable to say, "Hey, I'm going to go gamble in Vegas." And hell, I got five hundred dollars. Like I'm gonna let it ride. Oh my god! If I if I bet ever five hundred dollars, I I would not be in a good place. I had my little me. system going. Like I had my chips set up and organized correctly. This, that, and the other. I was betting. I was going head to head. One card. It, it was one deck. One deck blackjack. So I'm going head to head with the dealer. So these these hands are like really quick, like boom, boom, what boom, up, boom, dealer? boom. I banged that dealer right on out, and then they got that 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 yeah. dealer up out of there, and and then the next dealer came and took it from me. And I mean, man, why is that? It's like once you got something good going with a dealer, they switch them, yeah, they switch them out, and like it changes everything. Then they switch. It's, it's, the deck. it's the same shoe though. Yeah, like some of them. It's the same shoe, and well, yet they'll still. It's not switch even a shoe. It's one deck. It's like they don't even put it in a shoot. They just they just deal it. Like, but even but even even the other ones when they do, it's like man, I've got all this good luck coming. And, and then the next they, thing you know, they switch. I, and and TJ was like, "Let's go." As soon as they switched the dealer, they, he was like, "Let's go. Let's get up. Let's go." I was like, "I got them. I got them right where I want them. They can't beat me head to head." And I just kind of felt like that was how Dan Campbell felt at one point during the course of this game. It was like, bruh, get up from the table. Let's run. Like, let's run for Let's run for the hills. Like, let's play keep away football. Let's let's play defense. Let's do let's do some some things and and preserve our, our wins. And he just kept doubling down. He was splitting cards. He, you know, you want to hear from Max Dan Betts? Campbell? Yeah, you want to hear on, from the gambler? Yeah, uh, I think somebody called him Dan Gamble yesterday on uh, on X. I saw, <laughs> uh, but he talked about the fourth down decisions yesterday in that game. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. And I wanted to get the upper hand back. It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. You know, we just, just didn't work out. That's yeah. how I sounded. That was my interview after I was playing blackjack. <laughs> That's exactly how I sounded. But why? But why turn down points in an NFC title game on, on the, the road, road yeah. when you've got a chance? Like they could have gone up seventeen, and then and it was almost like they set the Niners up because then you had that tipped reception by Brandon Ayuk, which was yeah. completely lucky. Yeah, and 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 then there was a fumble and then it just everything went downhill. Which by the way, even the the onside. I mean, the man 
had the onside. That was a flag, though. Yeah, it was a flag. It was it a flag. That's true. That, that was, was a, that yeah. was the other thing. The decision to run the ball near the goal line, you had to use the timeout. They had, had three timeouts time left. Yeah. You could have kicked off and then used all three timeouts to stop them and get the ball back, but they ran the ball and Montgomery got stopped. That's true. And, and even Greg o- Olson in real time was he, he like... He said it right before yeah, they did like, it. He well, was like, you run it. You if, 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 you, if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty of analytics, what they should have done... Once Laporta goal. caught that ball and went out of bounds, you kicked the field goal. Mm-hmm. You had you had like a minute and a half left. You would have said it had all three timeouts. Now you're down a touchdown, but the truth of the matter is you can heave a hail mary from further back than you can kick a field goal and have a chance of making it. Like a sixty yard plus field goal in a dire circumstance and where you need to get to on the field for that is obviously harder than throwing up a hail mary from half field. Now, granted, again, Hail Marys are hard to come by, too, though, completing them. But if you really were concerned that much about conserving time, et cetera, that's what you would have done when you're, down, when you're in that down 10 situation. You kick the field goal as soon as you, you feel like you've got a makeable one, and then you go with the onside kick, and you try to get a stop, you try to get the ball back to throw a Hail Mary or try to score a touchdown. I just wonder at what point did Dan Campbell, in his mind, know we're going to lose this game? Like. We're not going to win. I just I mean, wonder I, at what I, point. I know someone hit. sent their notes before the game even started. So maybe maybe before the game started. He yeah. thought, Dang. Yeah. I did. Damn. Hey, listen, I thought a lot of things you yesterday. You did send your notes early yeah. yesterday. Early, dude. But I knew I was going to be tied up later. So <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Literally tied up? Yeah. Whoa. You guys got some freaky stuff. While you were fasting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of stuff are you doing? I, I wish. Tied up and fast. Tied up, huh? Damn. Damn. Um, yeah, <laughs> I... Where's that cucumber? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, hide and go seek. So Whoa. What happens before it gets sliced up? What happens? Where'd it go? Sam. Um, <laughs> Sam. They, 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 I couldn't we... stop saying Jim yesterday watching Sam? the game, by the way. Jim. <laughs> Everybody kept looking at me like, oh, y'all must not listen to the show, you a-holes. But anyway. Yeah, but, but if you watch the broadcast, their broadcast, you'll hear it. <laughs> Jim. It's just, it, it's that's a rough Listen, man, and it's and I don't like, and they've got another one coming up in a couple of weeks that we gotta to go ahead and have to sit through and have to deal. They're with. They're doing the Super Bowl, yeah. Oh, wow. it sounds like they're not getting along as much. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Yeah, but uh, back back to the initial thing. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's the thing. I think I don't know how you guys relate to this, but like big picture. I appreciate people who've put themselves in a situation where they're, they're responsible. Like ultimately they're going to be held accountable for whatever happens. And, and what I love about that is like, there's not many instances in life where you have the chance to put your fate in your own hands. And he, and, and Dan Campbell does that when he gets an opportunity to, and, and granted it encompasses his team and everyone else. But like you, here's the cool thing is if you're the type of guy as a player where you're like, I want the ball, end of the game, I want it in my hands, I want a shot. Like, that coach is going to be the one to put it. He'll be like, all right, here you go. <laughs> like, you're, you're going for it on fourth down. Like, it's a critical moment. Like, we need you to make a play. Like, he's not going to settle for a field goal. He's just he's just not. And and he's whatever is the most aggressive thing he can do, he's going to do. And, and I don't know, there's something about that that I appreciate. Because there's not many men – 
like Dan Campbell, not only coaching in the NFL for that matter, but in the world with how they go about leading people, leading other men. So it, it stinks because we're having a conversation about him today and the way this whole thing worked out. But, you know, Jonas Lamar, you, you were just hitting on it. Like, they, I mean, first off, they had plays to be made, man. If you're if you're a Vildor, that safety, you gotta you gotta pick that off. It goes through your hands, hits off your helmet, like that's on you. Yeah. If you're Jameer Gibbs, you gotta hold on the football, man. I know you're a rookie, but man, like the, like everything they could have done last night was in their hands, and he gave them an opportunity to succeed to win that game, and unfortunately, it it did work out. And I think do we have the other sound of him talking post game, Jonas, about how hard it is to get back there. Oh, yeah. He talked about his heart getting ripped out and then, yeah, basically said that this could be their only shot. Here was Dan Campbell postgame. I think I said it pretty pretty vividly. It's like getting your heart ripped out. And uh, it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard. And, no, we didn't come in and have to nobody. We were doing backflips like, all right, we got this thing. One, they know better. We all know better. We talked about it. We knew they were going to make a run in the second half. We talked about it. We knew we were going to have to weather a storm in the second half. And uh, so when they started to make a push, it was, no, we weren't surprised. We just couldn't counter back. And we've always been able to counter back. We just couldn't quite do it in this one. Look, I told those guys, this may have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware. And it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the offseason, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up, and, uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity, and we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. He's right, and it's so depressing. It just makes you think about, <laughs> like, I immediately start thinking about Kansas City. Bro, you know what I was thinking about, though? Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> they, they stopped showing those live shots of Ford Field. I was like, is oh, Ford Field still, yes, is it still up? It was wide. It was, was like, empty. It was great in the first half. Second half, oh, I was like, man. they haven't showed Ford Field in a while. I wonder what's happening there. Yeah. <laughs> Someone like the field out. on fire. They're breaking the whole thing down. They fouled out in an orderly fashion. <laughs> I, I don't imagine that. But, but to the point about this team, like, and, and LeVar, you and I experienced this firsthand. Like, every year it's different. You might have a third of the team, maybe even half the team back if, if you're lucky. But every year there's usually roster turnover. And there's coaching staff turnover. Like, yeah. Ben Johnson's presumed to be maybe the next head coach of the Washington Commandos. So, <laughs> if, if if that's the case, like, you gotta you got to fill that void. Is, is someone going to be able to game plan and work with Jared Goff the way Ben Johnson has? Is Jared Goff still your quarterback? He's an unrestricted free agent heading into 2025. <clears throat> you know, you got to make decisions on, on all those sorts of things moving forward. So, you know, if, if he is the quarterback of the future, because he is young, I mean, he's, what, 29, be 30 years old this year. He's got a year left. So, you know, it, there's a chance they could extend him this offseason. Or there's a chance maybe they'll start thinking about, you know, the next guy behind him. I mean, there, there's so many things that that go into play here. And, and I think that's the crushing part for Lions fans – for at the end the way they did. 
Like, it almost would have been better if they were the team that was down 24-7 and came back and came up short than the team that was leading 24-7, you know, and then were the team that couldn't close it out because of how long it's been and just the history of this team. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, that, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that would have been easier to deal with than the way that game played out. There's, there's probably a Lions fan back in 92 who was like, you know what, it sucks. We lost the NFC title game, but the way this team's built, we'll be back. Hey, if somebody Oops. would, if somebody would have told <laughs> 30 you, thirty years later, <laughs> if somebody would have told you between the quarterbacks that play on Championship Weekend, which quarterback would be the one to use his legs to win the game? Yeah. <laughs> which quarterback would you have said that would have did it? Well, the most unlikely the short white guy. Golf. What do you mean? I, I, I know where you're going. <laughs> okay, I know where you're going. I mean, dang. But, but that goes back to the initial Todd Munkin game plan. Like, and you go back to the divisional round last week, Baltimore separated because of Lamar Jackson's legs. Yes. It, it was like, that should have been their bread and butter out of half of yes. like, how are we getting back into this? Let's run Lamar. Hello. <laughs> like my whole thing was, are, it, was there pressure? Do you feel like because he was heading towards his, his second MVP award of the league that there was pressure for him to show he could throw and win versus just being Lamar Jackson and going out and just just winning the game? That's been their offense, though, all year. Like, the offense and a lot of the personnel settings – when, when they've you know needed to throw, like it's been 11 personnel, they've spread it out and they've thrown, and, and it's it's been more successful. The the, the problem is you got to give Spagnola and, and KC credit. Like the job they did with the different looks, the rush patterns, you know, sometimes they'd rush three and they kind of keep two spots, both linebackers. One would be kind of there to hug up, you know, hug up on the on the running back and, and make sure he stays in, and the other one would be, you know, try to kind of banjo it and wait for the quarterback to release. I just – I thought – they they could have taken some of that, some of what Spagnola and the Chiefs did defensively out by just dictating and running the football. We're gonna get in big personnel. We're gonna run power. You're not gonna be able to stop it. I mean, honestly, Chris Jones, you really didn't hear much about him in that game until Baltimore had to start throwing, and that's where he started to show up. But for the most part, that offensive line did a pretty decent job. I just think there were times he could have he he took it and he held it. And he held it, and it was like, yeah, well, you could throw this one, or you could run, like, yeah. run, baby, run. You know who uh, I noticed had an impact on the Lions Niners game was Jamison Williams. Mm. Like he had a, like he had a nice. It was almost like he really wanted to get to Vegas for the Super Bowl or something. Uh, is that right? You know? Yeah, it's almost like he. Uh, you were know. holding on to that one, huh? No, I'm just saying. You like, it, 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 like, on that one. it just seemed like he was extra motivated to get to Vegas for some reason. I don't know why that was. Tell everybody. Yeah. You know, know what's interesting dark. about the, the Lions, though, speaking of like, draft picks and all that? <laughs> Remember when everyone kind of laughed at them? Like, they take Jameer Gibbs. They took Jack Campbell in the first round. People are like, what the hell? This is not 1990. We're drafting running backs and linebackers. It's like, how to, how to work out? Yeah. They are balling. And then, by Everybody the way, they, they followed them. it up with a tight end and a safety, which, again, if, if you looked at most teams, most teams would say you're taking an edge rusher, a cornerback, a wide receiver, a, a tackle. Like, those are the four positions outside quarterback, if you don't have a need for a quarterback, that you're drafting in the first round, where you're drafting in early rounds. They didn't take any of those dudes. 
and yet they, they still got to this point. So I'll say this, getting back to the Detroit conversation, I don't know if they will be able to get back or not. You know, Green Bay is the youngest team in, you know, the, uh, the NFL, and they look like they're going to be around. You know, Minnesota, depending on what happens at the quarterback spot, that'll be interesting, but they obviously are, could be a tough out. I mean, they, they survive for a while without Cousins. You know, and, and you, you kind of go through the Bears. The Bears are going to be an improved team. Like, that's going to be a tough division. And so I, I'm not counting the Lions out. I think the way they've built their roster, they're going to have a shot. But they've definitely got some things to sort out, and probably more important than anything else is what happens when Ben Johnson leaves. Because he's not a, a Kyle Shanahan tree, you know, or, or the Shanahan tree guy. He does some similar things, but, I mean, it, it's reported that he's basically headed to Washington. And I think I think he'll do a good job there for them. He's a smart guy. He's done a great job with Goff and, and the Lions offense. By the way, that Don Joy that Sam Laporte is wearing, I, I mean, where did he pull that off in the airplane? There's so many guys wearing Don Joy. Yeah. That thing is massive, though. That goes from Look, like I, his hip to his ankle. Greenlaw has one, too. Yes, yeah, so I, I noticed Panay Sewell's when he's motioning back and forth, which low-key, that's one of the most like underrated Things it's like, all right, who's one of your best players? Oh, Pede Sewell, our, our tackle. All right, we'll, we'll move him around. Why don't we move him around to put him in a position so we can and utilize him on either side of the line or wherever the hell we want to? It's like, wait a second, that's actually kind of brilliant. <laughs> like, if we're going to have a backup tackle in there and we don't want him to have to block whoever it may be, He's flanking with Pene. Well, don't even flank him, but like you're giving Sewell a running start or you're giving him the ability to move and put himself in position to block whoever you need him to block, however you need him to block him. Like, that that was low-key. Like, and I know Kyle Shanahan's done it with Trent Williams. I'm surprised more teams don't do it more when you've got a, a guy who's athletic like Panay Sewell when you can move him around like that to find, like, ways of, of getting him a running start on some of the better matchups. Like, it was clearly effective last night. Yeah, that's – uh but it's all gone now. And that, that'll do <laughs> it's it. All, that'll do it. <laughs> there was a hell of a run. You got Eminem throwing up middle fingers. <laughs> <and> fans. <laughs> Forget you, mommy. <laughs> and uh, that'll do it on the Detroit Lions for 2023 slash 24. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. So yesterday amongst all the stats and numbers and you know places that the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have gone, yesterday Patrick Mahomes with that win at Baltimore tied Peyton Manning, John Elway, and Terry Bradshaw in career playoff wins. So he's already at that level. And when you think about how great Mahomes has been thus far, it just highlights how great Tom Brady was because he's still 21 behind Tom Brady. Jeez. <laughs> and also, when you think of I, I was uh, kind of going over Patrick Mahomes' history, the fact that two of his three playoff losses were to Tom Brady – just like goes to show you how great Brady was. One was obviously in the Super Bowl, and the other was in that AFC title game where they went to overtime, and then New England just went right down the field and scored and won that game. So uh, just incredible run by Tom Brady, but the run that Patrick Mahomes has been on to start his career, I mean, this is unprecedented. Never seen this before. He's got a heater going, doesn't he, boys? Yep. He yep. does. Every year. Every year, AFC I mean, title all, game. All he knows is AFC title game. That's it. And now it doesn't matter if it's at, in, through Arrowhead or, or not. It, it's it's really through Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the better way of describing it. Like, forget Arrowhead. They can do it on the road. They can do it. And by the way, as Jim Harbaugh takes over with the Los Angeles Chargers, that team should be better. I'll be curious to see what the Broncos will be. But AP now out in Las Vegas, he had them playing at, at, a, at a good clip at the end of the season. We'll see what they do at quarterback. But the division will be better around them. Now, granted, I feel like I said that probably three years ago, and that didn't really work out. But I, I do truly believe with, with Harbaugh there, Antonio Pierce, and again, seeing where maybe the Broncos can be next year, depending on what they do at quarterback, mm-hmm. it, it'll be a tougher p- tougher path. But I just – the Mahomes stuff is ridiculous, but the Kelsey stuff is too. I, I never thought we'd see someone break some of Jerry Rice's records. And it feels like Kelsey's done it. 
and he could play longer if he wanted to, even though there's some people who, who are out there that believe if Jason Kelsey's going to hang it up and Travis Kelsey ends up winning one this year, maybe he hangs it up too, which would be kind of crazy. I'll say this, as it applies to, to Kelsey, you can't call that man soft. I'll tell you that. And you can say, oh, he does all these commercials. He's conf- he's he's distracted. No, he's not. He's playing the best uh, that he's played all year Bro, right now. Not not only is he playing the best that he's playing, but he went into the bullies' lair. He went into their nest. He was flocking them up. I mean, on everything. Did you see the one play? Like, they were trying to get at him, stepping over him, like, being super, super physical with him. He was laughing at him because they were so worried about him and drawing penalties. But the one time, the linebacker, I want to say it was either, it, it might have been Queen. No, nah, no, nah, it was Smith. It was Roquan. And, I mean, he had to – I talked about uh, jujitsu and, and all that stuff earlier on, and, and you could check it out in the podcast if you missed it. But yeah. uh, <laughs> he, had, he had Roquan in some type of hold and was – Murking him out in the middle of the field. <laughs> and nobody was doing anything. And I'm like, before I knew it was him, we're looking, I'm looking at like, what's going on with this linebacker, right? Oh, that's that's Roquan. What why does he look like he's having a seizure on the field? Then next thing you know, he rolls from underneath Roquan Smith. He basically grabbed that man up and put him in like a submission move in the middle of the field. He was all about all the smoke during that game. It, did not back down one bit. It was well, almost and the also, team was before the game too. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh, they, yeah. <laughs> it was. I mean, KC was before. before the game. Yeah, they was on site. Do you think that was part of it? Because before the game, you know, they're you know kicking Justin Tucker's equipment and throwing it off to the side. There's there was another, and that was Kelsey that was involved. Yeah, Kelsey and Mahomes bruh, were both involved. He in ain't that. a game, bro. But it's almost like they got Baltimore rattled because. Baltimore had no composure. Like Zay Flowers, you know, the the fumble was one thing. The per, you know, the, the personal the foul yeah, he got dude after held the his big leg. catch. He, that yeah. was a big game. There, you know, Jadevian Clowney had a, a blow to the head of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> the one, like, the one D lineman that slapped Mahomes upside the head. It it seemed like yeah. like Baltimore was rattled, and Kansas City was just eating them alive. Like they were so much more composed than them in that game. They were. I'll composed. tell you this much too, man. That one drive that got stymied. By the holding call. Those aren't holdings. I'm sorry, man. Trey Smith got called two plays in a row. I will argue this to the end of days. Like, it one was a screen, and he's kind of throwing the, the defensive lineman back by. It wasn't a holding. Like, if anything, he was helping the D lineman get back to where Mahomes was. And, and I just, uh, I don't want to get into the officiating. Yeah, I, I, de- I decided not to get into it. Well, there's. <laughs> I've decided not to be a part of talking about what everybody thinks we're going to talk about. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Well, I'm just. You go ahead and do it. Well, there is a you feeling. You can do it. doesn't mean I can't do Listen, it. You, you know, know there, there was a lot of people who bitched and moaned when the Patriots were on their run that, oh, of course, the Patriots got this and the Patriots. And then there was the, you know, the, this, this, uh, the cameras, the spy gate, the deflate gate, all the like there was this complaining that was going on for the better part of 20 years because New England was just better than everybody else. So people had to find a reason to complain. And now that we have, as Brady pointed out, the modern version of the New England Patriots yeah. in the Kansas City Chiefs. I will say that that referee was calling so many penalties 
on Baltimore that the man lost his voice. <laughs> Couldn't even his voice was cracking when he was trying to say what what the penalty was. So there's just, there's some people who are now saying, well, you know, the NFL wants the Chiefs to win. The Chiefs get all the calls. It's Taylor Swift's involved. This and this and this. It just you know what they, made they've it, they've taken over for the Patriots in every way. It turned into black on black crime too, man. Let, <laughs> like I'm gonna call a spade a spade. It turned into Damn. Duke versus Michigan. Duke Duke versus UNLV. Damn. Y'all know who was Duke, and y'all know who was UNLV and 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 Michigan Fab Five. It was like people were sitting there taking sides, like y'all taking sides. Dang, I had to look at myself. I was like, "What side am I supposed to be on right now?" I'm looking at Lamar. Like, come on, Lamar, you got you got to deliver for us. Oh, can we claim Mahomes? Yeah. Oh, you can. We can't. Hey. It, well, it's I'm from Tom Brady. It's, it's like from light, it's light to bright all the way to what rhymes with bright. <laughs> That's got to be racist. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. I yeah, had no you, idea. If you ever watched School Days, the movie by us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you ever watched the movie us. by Spike Lee, School Days, they had oh, they had uh, two sides. And, and one one side was one side. The other side was the other side. You got to look it up to, to know. Can't everybody guess. love everybody. I, I mean, people yeah, we all just appreciate. People be choosing sides, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> and everybody was like, it's just like when I was watching the Fab Five. I'm having like PTSD. <laughs> it's just like when I was watching UNLV. Why are they giving Duke all of the calls? Can't can we, we can get we a call? Get can we can we get along? Thank and you, everybody sir. chose sides. And to this day, that's why people don't like Duke. To this day. <laughs> I think there's other reasons, but okay. Well, I'm talking well, yeah, in your community, but <laughs> in the community that I'm speaking of, Cass ain't like Cass ain't like Duke for a very specific Wait, I like I like Chris Kelly, Weber over Kelly Grand Grant Hill. Wait a second. So we can claim Grand Hill? Yes! Brady up top another one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. to something because Grant Hill was one of my favorite college uh, basketball players of all time. <laughs> there you go. There you I, go. I, I love this game. I I'm no just idea. saying. Baltimore was. <laughs> and I just remembered to not ever call a timeout you don't have because yep, of Chris Webber. Because of so, Chris yeah. Webber. There you go. <laughs> There you go. I, I do. I remember when I was a young kid. After seeing that, I'd be coming out of the the, the timeout with like two minutes left, being like, "Wait a second, how many more timeouts we got? I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be that guy." Oh no! Oh, I had no, no idea that was the thing that was going on yesterday. You didn't know? I didn't know. People was choosing. I'm, sad. I'm just enjoying hey, the football game. How many timeouts? We got a timeout. We don't got. Okay, we don't got a timeout. People was choosing sides yesterday. I was watching it take oh, place man. in my own crib. Like, oh my gosh. This is despicable. I it, man. I, it's just, Here's what I'll say. Is yeah, that was a great love, game. Everyone needs to love everybody. And in particular, how Mahomes is playing. Hey, Mah- that Mahomes is, is playing at such a different level. He is. I mean, that's why, like, again, I don't I'm, – I'm surprised. Like, I am surprised that San Francisco opens as the favorite. Like, I, I just am. I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm on an island and, and thinking that way, but – when you watch that the way that young man plays, I don't know how you could sit there and go, yeah, no, yeah, they, they should probably be the team that's favored by a point or two. It's shocking to me. Like I, I would say right now, if you're a gambling person, go go take that point. If you could find it, go shop around, take that two points, whatever you can. Uh, go take go go take it. Because you probably don't need it. 
Yeah. Because you're probably going to win outright. It's probably true. It's probably true. Especially with the way that I mean, it's, it's, and it's no disrespect to Brock Purdy. I thought he made plays when he needed to. I mean, he we ran for, I think, three less yards than Lamar yesterday. So I think that's that what I'm saying. That boy, he was toting that pill to ice. Yeah, that he, he was navigating the pocket. Well, I just, even like the Juwan Jennings catch over the middle, or there's a couple of the throws where you're like, <laughs> oh, that ball's <laughs> in the air forever. Where, where, he, where he dumped it off and basically like a rocket ship. If, just threw it right over Jared the middle. If Jared Goff decides to do what Brock Purdy does, they win the game. Yeah. If he decides to just try to be a runner for just the moment to get a first down, they win that game. Yeah. They win the game. It's not really his style, though. I guess not. Yeah. It wasn't yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what Lamar's either yesterday. Oh, dang. Oh, <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Um, on the subject of Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, <laughs> I know we talked about the Lions and Dan Campbell discussed, you know, there's a, the chance they never get back to this point and how difficult the path is. Man, I think Baltimore has got a much more difficult road back than Detroit does. Oh, 100%. Because, because listen, you, this was a year where there was a lot of things that set up perfectly for Baltimore. It did. Home field. Joe Burrow was out for a majority Truth. of the season with an injury. Truth. The Browns. Didn't have to Deshaun play Watson. The, the Browns had 15 different starting quarterbacks. Yeah, the true. Chiefs had uh, presumably a, a down year. Truth. Houston's only going to get better from here. Truth. I, All those things, true. I just. There's a lot of I, elements there. I come away from that one going, I don't know, man. Like you, you can't depend on all of that to happen again in a tough AFC like that. I just, I'll put it this way: I know Lamar didn't play his best game, but I hated the game plan by Monken. I'm, I'm not trying. I'm not. I'm not trying to take it off of him. Like you know, he wasn't part of it. But I hated the game plan from Monken, and I hated the game plan from Mike McDonald. I just, I, it's the you're the number one defense, and you can't figure out a way of stopping Travis Kelsey. It was by the way, it wasn't like they lined him up and moved him around that much. Like they kind of kept him off the end line of the scrim, you know, line of scrimmage. I, I just that blew my mind, man. How it after the first one or two drives, when you get down like that, like you you say to yourself, okay, we're literally gonna t- tell Kansas City, we're putting two guys on the line of scrimmage on Travis Kelsey, run the football. We don't care. Like run the football if you want to. Because we're just going to cover Travis Kelsey so he doesn't beat us. I was shocked at no point that they make that adjustment. Like, that's not on Lamar. That's on their defense. And I, and I hate to like put it out there like that. But and, and, and that's not even on their defense necessarily. It's, it's on Mike McDonald. I cannot believe he allowed that to happen, man. That was crushing to me. So both coordinators for Baltimore. I thought they lost. Them. Yes, I th- I I hated both game plans. I don't I don't know how you don't look go back and watch that game, and go. You, you either you got to give all the credit to Andy Reid and his staff and Spagnuolo and those guys, or you got to sit there and say John Harbaugh at some point needed to look at his defensive coordinator and go, "What the hell are we doing? We're letting this dude pass Jerry Rice in every postseason statistical category in this game, pretty much." And on the flip side, it's like, at what point are we going to run the football? Like, we've got a 300-pound fullback. Like, we don't want to use that guy to blow people up more and put in Gus Edwards, who's a who's a load himself, who had a nice little average of carries going. Like, I just – that wasn't like – it wasn't their strength of this team. It wasn't what got them to be able to separate from Houston last week. 
And, and I really thought they were going to lean on Lamar and, and allow him to do that and then you know take their shots when they had chances. I just I, I couldn't stand either gameplay. It was uh, tough to watch. When OBJ converted that fourth down catch, the fact that they needed that because on third and one, they dropped Lamar back and he was basically scrambling, nearly got sacked and just had to throw the ball away. And I'll give, you know, Jim Nance credit because he, he pointed it out right away and he said, man, you're the number one rushing offense in the league. And on third and one, you're dropping Lamar back like the 15 steps and, and having to depend on OBJ. And the game was grab. starting to get kind of kind of away yeah. at that point. It was like kind of like stressful. It was a stressful moment in the game. When that took place, like people were holding their breath, like <gasps> gasp, take out OBJ for third and one. Are you serious? The Ravens? Dang. I, 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 listen, I'm I'm gonna go back to what I said, and I'm gonna stay true to it. I know we're talking and giving a lot of praise to to uh to Patrick Mahomes, and I get all that, but I'm 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 a live in the fact that Spags dialed up a game plan that that to me he just continues to be a difference maker for this franchise and the way their defense is playing it's their defense that's going to be the reason to me why they're able to get another another Super Bowl the way they limit offenses if you give Mahomes too many opportunities and you're playing well as an offense that's one thing but this defense was giving giving Patrick Mahomes opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Uh, you do know that the Ravens, uh, or excuse me, the, the Kansas City Chiefs did not score in the second half of that game. They yeah. did not score. You won a game where you did not score in the second half of the game. You were blanked. To me, like well, – I mean- Baltimore only scored three too, though. But, but okay, but to the point, what I'm saying what is, up, Spags, he continued to give his team an opportunity to be able to win this game. By the way, he game planned, and by the way, take no no credit away from the guys on the field as well. They were disruptive and they execute at a very very high level. They had. Lamar uncomfortable they were touching him they were sacking him they were they were hitting him they were they were penetrating the line of scrimmage I mean the one time one time Chris Jones that bad elbow Chris Jones it didn't look like it was that bad of an elbow but I mean they were just they were coming off the ball they were in the backfield so much now you got your backs chipping you're you're not doing your offense any any services any type of favors by not establishing the run when you're a run team. And they took full advantage of it. By the way, uh, how about Chris Jones hit a million-dollar incentive in his contract? Did he really? I'm going to the Super Bowl. Dang. Yeah, when he signed that deal, that was one of the incentives they put in uh, earlier this year. So he He's hitting all kinds of incentives. Yeah. Good for him. Yep. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, man. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io.